0: This is Reggie. Welcome back to, I guess, what would be Reggie's comic stories uh, in this time slot normally, uh, although nothing has been normal on the schedule for this podcast for quite a little while. And uh, what that, you know, the reason for that was, if you're not aware, is that I was in the hospital for a long time, uh, three months, and then I spent another month kind of outside more recently in convalescence. And I wanted to... Uh, for the listening audience and also for our Patreon supporters, do an episode explaining what exactly what had happened to me and you know trying to fill in any of the blanks people might have had if they're interested. Um, but I had a lot of trouble setting that up uh, just as far as what I wanted to include and what I wanted to excise. So I've asked Chris here, uh, say hello to the folks there, Chris. Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, I've asked him to come and kind of do it with me as, as a, an interview uh, where he's going to talk to me. So this also is almost sort of like a Chris and Reggie's comics uh, talk. Yeah. Right? So it's it's several things at once. This could even be a Chris and Infinite Earths if you wanted to phrase it that way. But I want to say at the top of the episode is we're not going to have really any comics content in this. Um, there are There is one thing I can, a couple of things about comics I can mention, but it's not going to be about any specific comic book or anything like that, or even like a genre. So if you are not interested in my medical trials over the last three and four months, then tune out now because that's what this episode is going to be. (laughs) Um, But with that, we'll kick, we'll start off with uh, whatever questions Chris has to begin with.
1: Okay well this uh, yeah, a lot of the folks know this all happened in uh, the middle of May. I think we just checked the date uh, May 20th is when it went down but uh, before we get to May, I want to go back to March. Uh, a lot of the listeners might know that we took a little bit of a break in March too yeah because you had come down with what we assumed. Was a sinus infection, a really bad sinus infection. Your voice was, your your voice was like a like a torn tire, you know, yeah. <laughs> very very rough. It was fully um,
0: out. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you only had hearing in one ear. At
0: at one point, I had hearing. I didn't hear in either ear, but after after a couple of days, it was like one ear, and I. But I still couldn't talk for like two weeks almost. I think.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was an extended break that we took there, and uh, like I said, we had assumed that it was a really, really, really bad sinus infection, but we come to learn that that was not entirely the case, right? Uh,
0: Well, actually it's interesting that was sinusitis just extremely sinusitis that could not be taken out I went through three rounds of antibiotics although two Mm -hmm. of them were the same one, they were two rounds of amoxicillin, one after the other and then another one, we went like a notch higher when I got up I moved up here to uh, uh, Massachusetts Um, but it was actually sinusitis the, my medical problem in, in May did not have anything to do with my sinusitis. They were two separate things entirely. Really? There they may have been some, uh, as we talk about it, you, you'll see that there may, it I may thought have like been it was a contributing an antecedent factor. of some sort. No, yeah. no, but what did happen is that uh, later on, as I went in, after I went into surgery and I came out of it, is that the drip from my sinusitis dripped into my lungs and I got pneumonia. There we go.
1: That's what I was trying to get to.
0: It really did lead to that, yeah. So that was really where I was truly uh, on the outs. But anyway, but we'll get to that as soon as, you know, we we actually talk about what happened. (laughs) So then,
1: uh, May 20th, May 20th, uh, nobody knew anything was going on. (laughs) And and because I didn't hear about this until the following day. Sure. But, uh, Walk us through um, the you know middle of the day, May 20th. It was a Monday, yeah. Uh, the day after we posted William Shatner's tech war, if uh, if that helps to contextualize it for anybody. That's right. But uh, if uh, walk
0: us through that day. So I don't really remember what I did in the morning. Uh, you know, I've been unemployed since last September, although we had just moved here to Massachusetts in April. So mm-hmm. I was still cleaning up, still unpacking, putting together a lot of furniture. I know that day I'd planned to put together another piece of furniture for the bathroom, but uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but at some point I was in my office and I felt this burning spread across my back. And uh, then I, I was like, oh my goodness, something's wrong, I, I wanted to go lie down. I stood up and my legs just were not cooperating. Uh, they were sort of like rubber bands or you know jello kind of feeling where I just couldn't really get secure on them. Uh, I kind of like swayed, swooned into the room next door, which was my bedroom, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. Either I made it to the bed and fell off, or I didn't make it at all, but whatever it was, I spent uh, five hours in between my bed and the window of my bedroom, just Mm -hmm. lying there, uh, probably in and out of consciousness, because I don't really remember all of it. Sure. Sure. In this, with this pain in my back, and uh, I thought I was having a heart attack, even though it didn't follow any of the symptoms I had known should sure. be for a heart attack. I was like, this just this just has to be a heart attack. What else like could what this else be? Could it be? Yeah. And you know, I am I am also a heavy set middle aged man. You know, this is sort of what you you know, if anything's going to happen, this is what you expect to happen. Uh, you know, it didn't. It seemed like it was. It would be a heart attack, but. Uh, yeah, I was just lying there for five hours. Uh, the cat didn't even come over. Nothing, oh you know, just I was very bored or
1: probably in and out of and consciousness, out. I would think. And, and your, your, when your wife got home from work, uh, I'm assuming she discovered you. Yeah. And uh, what, was, what was the next step there? I mean, it's obvious what the next step was, but uh, from the horse's mouth, what, sure. uh, what went
0: and down? It, and it got, it's a little more complicated because of what I actually did happen to me that... Uh, which I will reveal in a moment, but my wife got home from work not long after five, because that's one of the reasons we moved up here, which so that she would have this, she could walk to work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the floor. She called out to me. I answered, and she said, do you need an ambulance? I said yes. Uh, the reason I didn't call, by the way, is that my phone was in the next room, but I, I just could not get to it. I couldn't, sure. I, I tried to belly crawl. I tried to, like, drag myself in there. I could not get to this the phone, and I was just I was totally helpless uh, in the room, so anyway, so she called the ambulance. they came in it was a, It was a pain in the butt, but they got me on the stretcher, they got me out the front door. they had to like remove part of the uh porch in front of the house to like totally get me out, yeah. and they took me to a near the nearby hospital, which is a pretty good one and part of my extreme luck in this whole scenario is that whoever saw me at that hospital i don't never even found out who it was they were able to diagnose what I actually had right away. Mm -hmm. And what I actually had happened to me is called an aortic dissection. And that is when your aorta, which is a major artery, one of four, I believe, that pump into your heart, Mm -hmm. uh, when it splits open, kind of like a bicycle tire, you know, blowing open. Sure. Uh, And actually, how it starts as a small tear, but depending on... Other factors, it can open up. Apparently, your body can actually take a small amount of blood just floating around. (laughs) Like you can, you can can have a small tear in your aorta for years, and you know it's just opening ever so little bit, and it's not really affecting you until one day it does. Sure. Uh, Sure. I had one where it was blown blown out completely. The entire aorta was useless and removed, and had to be a new. Artery had to be grafted there, and actually partly constructed with surgery, surgical mesh. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that—that's now getting, I think, into not so uh, fascinating stuff. But uh, an aortic dissection is something 200,000 people a year worldwide have, and of those people, 2% survive. Uh, And it's because of this kind of long-term blood, non-oxygenated blood flooding your body that it can go on for many months or even a couple of years and you don't know it. But then when it hits critical mass, you're you're done for, you know what I mean? I, I, in a way lucked out that it was firing out rapidly, hitting me in the base of my spine. Sure. Uh, But it didn't hit my brain or it didn't hit other internal organs. Uh, You know, it just sort of left me unable to walk. So anyway, when they knew that they put me in a helicopter, sent me to another hospital that specialized in cardiac and pulmonary Things and a very good man there uh, named Gosh, what's his name, Doctor Savorsk or something, <laughs> um, did emergency surgery on me, which is an amazing surgery I will tell you about in a minute, and uh, reconstructed my aorta and uh, got me back to life. Basically, you know, I That's was great. I was yeah. done for, and he turned it around.
1: Man, because I, I, it's the weirdest thing. The day after, the the Tuesday morning, I had uh, gotten up uh, probably like three or four in the morning to uh, use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I never check my phone uh, when I'm, you know, up in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I did that day. And uh, your wife had emailed, right? And uh, she had mentioned a cardiac event and uh, did explain that it was an aortic dissection. I, you know, it was the middle of the night. I think I just saw a cardiac event, and I assumed, just like you did the day before, that it was a heart attack. Sure. And it was just like, okay, you know, a heart attack. And uh, not that that's a small thing by any stretch of the imagination, but, but people, it was just like. People walk people away survived. from those. Yeah, Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I couldn't get back to sleep, so I, I did go down and I, I finally researched what an aortic dissection is. And uh, it's one of those things that. I'm not sure if it sounds scarier than it is, or it is scarier than it sounds, because it is a very scary thing. Yeah. And uh, in hearing that, you know, 90% of the people who have it don't make it to the hospital.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and uh, it's just, just the, the very, you know, the dice that you roll just in getting to somewhere that they can help you. Uh, it's just a wonder.
0: It also gets misdiagnosed all the time, because it's I'm so sure. rare, I'm sure. and get, it gets mistreated. Therefore, uh, a lot of people... They get sent home from the hospital because I, I was alert. You know what I mean. I, you know, sure. and and if I had been able to walk, they could have sent me home, and I just would have been like, oh, I got this back pain, and then I would have, and that's it. that yeah. would have been it.
1: Um, and to help contextualize it a bit for the listeners here, this is uh, this is what John Ritter died from. That's and right. this is also for comics fans. This is how we lost Mike Waringo. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Wow. Yeah, it was an aortic dissection. So, I mean, and this is a thing that, you know, people seem perfectly healthy one minute and then five minutes later, they're not. And it's uh, it's just that quick and it's just that scary. And we're just that lucky that... Uh, that you were able to get where you needed to be. It truly, you know, I really credit the Massachusetts health system
0: and the large number of excellent hospitals around Absolutely. here because I think if I'd been in New York and this had happened, they would have misdiagnosed me. Uh, I think a lot of places they would have misdiagnosed me. They, you know, I would have been sent home. Sure. Especially my local hospital in New York. Uh, mm. But it's it's very crazy. So, you know, my sinusitis. Did not cause my aortic mm-hmm. dissection. However, it may have it may have exacerbated my hypertension, which mm-hmm. probably hastened the dissection because it's all about sure. you know, your blood pumping through Pressure and, 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 yeah. and it opens up that split. And like I said, my aorta, like the doctor was kind of marvelled that he was. It wasn't just a rip; it had essentially opened up flat. You know, the entire yeah. artery or whatever. So. Uh, it was getting a lot of pressure, so it did it basically. Uh, don't ignore your blood pressure <laughs> like I Certainly did not. over years, yeah. it's uh important stuff. You may not get an aortic dissection, that is the rarest thing, but uh, you can have a heart attack or a stroke, so mm. do pay attention to those numbers, especially that top one. You know, you got to keep that around the 120 130 range, folks, where best you can. Um, <clears throat> so Look, i to tell you a little bit about how the surgery was done, Chris. Yeah. Um, so what this guy did was he sawed open my sternum. I was out for all this, obviously. I would hope, yeah. He sawed open my sternum uh, to expose my heart, and then he froze my entire body. Uh, after removing my heart from the inside of my body so it would still pump and still be... I guess, like living tissue, sure. but froze the, the entire rest of my body, including my wow. brain, partly to protect my brain, that while I was under, in a coma, uh, my brain wouldn't deteriorate, which, uh, oh, that's, wow. that's up to you to tell. To, to <laughs> do you think it Deteriorated at all, you know, who knows? But uh, I definitely kept most of my brain function. Then they worked on this thing, and like I said, like, he reconstructed an artery out of surgical mesh, which is... Yeah. An incredible thing, you know what I mean. And and this is something where if this had happened ten years ago, I would have been dead. This is not something that was even available in technology that they could have done this kind of thing. Then they thawed me out real slow, and uh, set me up in a bed where I then got pneumonia and had a hundred and five degree fever for a bunch of days. And this is the time where I really hung between life and death. You know, I could have also died in, during the surgery or you know at any point before that, but. While I had this high fever and I was in bed, uh, they had cooling blankets on me. They were doing all kinds of things to bring my fever down. But this is when my family and my uh, friends were really freaking out because I think my wife or somebody might have sent out a message like, this is, you know, we're not sure which way it's going to go right now. Um, But I pulled through and uh, immediately when I woke up, I, you know, wanted to water More than anything in the world, you know, and I had a throat tube in, but, uh, there was all these funny things, Chris, with the, and I think it's because of the drugs that I was on from the surgery Mm -hmm. and also just the situation was that I had convinced myself that this hospital got water by melting, um, bears like, uh, like snow Mm -hmm. in that was shaped in the form of bears of Panda bears. Okay. So if you, wanted, if you wanted a glass of water, you would melt one of these bears. And they had, they had something on the wall that I later realized was a paper towel dispenser that, mm-hmm. I, that I thought was the device in which you melt these bears. Where the water comes from. And I also, that's, that's where drinking water came from in this hospital <laughs> for some reason. And I also had determined that it was being supplied by Haribo. Which I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's big down there, but that's the Korean candy company, right? Yep. The gummies. Yeah. Most famous for gummy bears. I, however, I did feel that this was two different. You know, this wasn't gummy bear flavored water. This was two yeah. different services provided by this this uh, Asian glomery. Yes. So I was <laughs> saying stuff like, "Melt me up a couple of bears already," or you know, <laughs> "Why why won't you guys melt me melt some bears for me?" <laughs> Who knows. What these people in the hospital thought I was talking about. They thought I was wildly entertaining. Oh, Um, boy. If if you had asked me at the time, I'd say they kept me without water for five weeks, but it was actually about a day. (laughs) Uh, And as soon as they determined I could swallow, uh, I I was fine. I, I got water constantly, and I felt like I had won something. That somehow I had, like, I had triumphed because I had complained enough and gotten them them (laughs) to melt the bears for me. And, uh, it was just, that was just one of the many, many crazy mental hurdles I had to overcome early on. It was really quite a weird experience. I believe it. (laughs) Funny, (laughs) funny in many ways, but also really, uh, initially kind of scary, you know? Absolutely. uh, It's, it's just, it's interesting. The, The other thing I just want to say that, uh, Throughout a lot of the first couple of weeks, I framed a lot of what was happening to me as in as déjà vu, and okay. just had convinced myself that I was doing something. I was doing all of this for the second time, that this was okay. all familiar to me because I had done this before. But it was I can't really explain it better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really is how it was. I was like, oh, I gotta do, you know, oh, I gotta roll to pull up my underwear just like I had to this other time, roll back and okay. forth. And I think it was just a coping mechanism of my brain of how to deal with my new reality. Put yourself reality. at
1: ease, yeah.
0: Put myself at some kind of ease, because I'll yeah. tell you, I didn't even realize that, I'm not sure if this is going to reveal the, uh, the stunning part <laughs> too early, <laughs> but that I had been paralyzed until, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd say it was a week and a half after surgery. Like, it didn't, it didn't really come up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was, that was something when I finally didn't realize that I was like, Oh, something major happened, you know? And like my, Sorry. my brain was sort of keeping me at arm's length from it or, uh, it's just very interesting. Uh,
1: no, it's very, it's wild stuff for sure. It, cause I, I cause uh, your wife had told me, I, I believe it was the same day that, uh, that she told me initially, um, that, uh about everything that happened. I think that's when she told me that they didn't know if you'd walk again. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like you wake up and you get punched in the face one way and then you get punched in the face again. And and I could only imagine what your family was going through all throughout this. Just it, the fact that you survived is, you know, phenomenal. Yeah. But then, but then to find out that, you know, what the quality of life might be for you. Yeah that's it's it's heartbreaking if some somehow that that hit me harder than than even the initial uh the initial thing because i, I was so so distant from it right uh, all i heard was that it happened you had successful surgery so i figured okay that's locked up and put in a box yeah but then to realize that that's by no means the end of the story in fact it's Basically the beginning of it a new story. Sort of is the beginning, you're and right, yeah. Exactly, and just uh, knowing that, it just, oh man, that was that was just, that's what made it, it gave it like a physical heft at that point. And Instead sure. of it just being a concept of, okay, he's going to be down for a little while. Now it's just like, wow, there's something here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, being, being distant from it, I it's like, what do you, because... And I mentioned this a while ago. I feel like I'm not so much a Luddite, but I'm very analog. So everything I read online isn't real life. Right. So when I read this stuff, it's like, oh, well, that's just something online. And uh, this was one of those, you know, come to Jesus moments where it was like, wow, this is actually something that's happening in someone I care about's life. Right. And there is no deleting an email to make it go away. This is something that is going to persist. And... Uh, just finding out about about a possibility, any possibility of paralysis, was just like wild. I wow. uh, just couldn't couldn't digest it. It was, uh, and I couldn't imagine what your family was going through. Uh, yeah, they were pretty
0: messed up, as as you do know, Chris. You know, I lost a brother years ago to yes. uh, Luke Gehrig's disease. So my yeah. mother had dealt with a lot of this and even what happened later with my rehabilitation, a lot of that was very similar to what my brother sure. went through. Although for him, it was towards the end of his life. So for her, it's really messing her up. Although, you know, my parents, they have their coping mechanisms too. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. they brought out the sarcasm and the jokes and whatever. And they took all my mm-hmm. friends up here out for dinner and they all got to know each other. Um, I mean, it was. I, I appreciate what you're saying because I, I had the same kind of feeling like this isn't something that happens to people you know, even yeah. or yourself, you know. Like this isn't, sure. you know, and, sure. and, and the fact of the matter is, like the day before uh, May 20th, I was, you know, walking, talking, strutting. Everything was cool. Everything yeah. was 100% fine. You know, I was maybe a little sweaty, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't really anything to really get, uh, excited about um sure. and then everything changed in one day um and you know like i said uh i i coped with it in very unusual ways like i uh you know i had framed it like i said it as as a form of deja vu mm-hmm. uh another funny thing i got to tell you about that while i was in the first hospital re- recuperating uh after my surgery I had it in my mind, I think I had it as a dream Chris, I'm not sure I even told you about this, but Mm -hmm. um, I had it in my dream that what had happened to me in that hospital was that my mom had for my my wife and myself bought us sort of, I guess tickets or whatever entrance into an interactive performance within the Mm -hmm. hospital that took place it was a story that took place in the 60s and actually had to do with uh, southern racism uh, of the time. <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember amazing details of this thing. And it was sort of a horror thing. Also, we were being chased, and we had to negotiate with harsh people. And uh, it was a whole long story. I'm not going to get through the whole thing. But the whole <laughs> thing ended, or was supposed to end, by we open up a pair of doors, and we would exit onto Don Henley's yacht. Don Henley of... Uh, The Eagles. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that the end of this thing, and that as a matter of fact, we were going, this was the second time that we were going. Again, again, this deja vu. Deja vu. And the whole thing was going to end on Don Henley's yacht. And I had believed that for days, days (laughs) preceding my going later on to rehab, which is where I spent another month plus uh, after Mm. I recuperated from surgery, to the point where I was asking the people at bedside, Did we get to Don Henley's yacht yet? And, you know, I can, again, only imagine (laughs) what
1: people were thinking. Like, what are you talking about, buddy? (laughs) You gave them something to talk about. I definitely
0: gave gave them something to talk about. And, I mean, I believed this to my core for days and days until I got to uh, the second place, which was a rehab facility, which is where I really had my come-to-God moment. Uh, And I Mm. think that's the point we were able to talk it is it you know is, in the first hospital i re- you know they're constantly poking and prodding, and there's really no first of all no all hospitals have bad cell phone reception. I don't know if that's true out out west, but it's yeah true by here.
1: all the all the metal in the in the ceilings I'm and guessing, all the x ray equipment all and yeah the stuff
0: just interfering, so you get bad cell phone reception to start with, but I also had like no time no but no privacy to like have a conversation yeah. so. Uh, I remember only talking to very few people in that first hospital, Mm -hmm. uh, which if anyone cares, it's Leahy Hospital in Burlington, Massachusetts. But uh, the second place, which was Spalding Rehab, that's where you and I had our first conversation. And uh, to be honest, talking to you was one of the first times, maybe the first time I realized the ripple effect of what had happened. You know what I mean? Like I had been in my own world literally sure, sure. with Don Henley oh, and Haribo bears. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'd been, I'd been on whole, my own journey, uh, inside and out. And mm. then it was like, Oh, this is actually information that's going to, it isn't, people aren't going to click away from this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and I got a lot of support from, uh, the comics community, uh, which was really touching. I got a lot of support. I, I heard from people I hadn't heard from in decades, in some cases, including mm-hmm. old enemies, like people I hadn't gotten along with. So I like sure. out from nowhere, you know, and I was like, wow, this really uh, was a big deal. You know, even up to the first night at Spalding, my, my rehab location, I still thought in my mind that I could walk. Uh, oh, wow. But then pretty much the next day, I was like, oh, no, you can't. You can't even really mm-hmm. move either leg. Uh, which was, it was a shocker, you know what I mean? I had yeah. to, I was like, oh, I guess I'm a handicapped person now, you know? Like, this is not just a, a, a spot that's taking up the front of your parking lot. This is now my spot. Yeah. You know, I can park there now, which is, uh, that's what it is, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's how how it was. And uh, do you do you remember our first conversation after that? How did, it, I how do. did that go? I
1: do. It was yeah. uh, it was very awkward, mostly because I probably had a million things I wanted to say, and I'm not good at uh, moder- metering my communication as it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I made a lick of sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm making a lick of sense right now. To oh, me. you're doing very <laughs> good. You're doing very very well. But I do remember that, and I do remember the lead up to it because. Up until just like a few days before that, um, your wife was preparing me for you getting like a like a tracheal scrape, right, right, because uh, because they could you couldn't shake the uh, the pneumonia, right, and uh, they were gonna like put you out for a little while to try to to try to bring it around, and uh, that was like the two weeks before, and then all of a sudden it was just like hey, everything's good, you know, or relatively speaking, of course. Yeah, I was is, no
0: longer, like,
1: hanging between life and death. Yeah, uh, the, the fever had broken, and the fever had stayed broken, because you, like you said, you were up at 105, and then you'd go down to, like, 103, and then right. it would go back to 105. Then you'd go down to, like, 98, then it would go back to 104. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, your wife, you know, God bless her, she was wonderful throughout this whole thing, keeping, you know, I'm nobody, but she, she made sure to make sure that I knew uh, what was going on? So, oh
0: yeah, uh, I mean, she definitely does not feel that you're nobody. I don't feel oh, that. She <laughs> she she probably felt like partly because of our podcasting, but also because <laughs> he knows that she knows that we talk at least once a week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's the <laughs> minimum that we are we're, we're very good friends, and yeah. uh, she she really was amazing through all that. I can't really oh, even express
1: a wonder how yeah, much she, she had awesome. put up with. I couldn't imagine putting up with even an eighth of what she had to face. And, uh, she did so with, uh, with grace and, uh, and never, never lost hope, which yeah, I'm a pessimistic guy for, you know, by nature, but she kept everything as hopeful and, uh, as bright as, as you could ever want it to be with this sort of a situation. And, uh, but that, that I was getting these updates about your temperature and and whether or not you were awake, or uh, and like you said, you you did get some support. You got a lot of support from the community. I, I was I was funneling some of that towards your wife so she right. could reach to you and stuff. So I was always happy to hear, and I was happy to share that that you were able to hear some of that stuff. So, but up for that up to that lead up, it was just in and out, in and out, in and out, and then that one day it was like everything's going to be good. You're going to go to the rehab place, and then we talked. Two or three days later, it was
0: yeah just just
1: just that quick.
0: And my and my voice was fine. That was another concern yeah. I had that I was gonna my voice would be ruined by the tracheal <laughs> tube or by <laughs> neurological problems. But apparently, when they took the tracheal tube out, uh, I immediately said, "Well, hello there," <laughs> <laughs> and, and my voice was uh, perfectly fine, as uh, deep and resonant as it ever was. But uh, yeah, and I, I think when I talk to you. I was pretty upbeat, which is yeah, you were. This whole experience has taught me a lot, not just about you know monitoring my own health and taking it seriously, but just about myself and the person that I am. Uh, I definitely would have said I was a pessimist before all this, uh, I, as you know, Chris. I can have a very dark sense of humor, and uh, we're both very sarcastic, yes. uh, and that's that's still who I am. I didn't stop being sarcastic or jokey, but. In fact, I think I'm actually, and always have been, an optimist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I am actually like a very positive and uh, more happy-go-lucky. Like, as soon as I assessed my situation, and I said to myself, you know, you may not walk again. At first, neither leg uh, responded, so both legs were totally out as I first entered rehab, and I was like, well, this is uh, a bummer, but. It could be worse, you know. That was my first sure. feeling, you know. And like, as far as what remained intact, you know, even right out of the hospital, my brain was fine. My speech was pretty fine. Uh, my upper body, you know, from waist to head to arms, perfectly fine. Um, and it's like a, that was my immediate reaction was to count my blessings, which I would not have expected of sure. myself, you know, uh, just thought I was a much more cynical person but I think at my core I'm not that person uh, that I, I do believe in goodness you know sure. what I mean? That good things can happen and uh, you know, that my situation could have been worse even before death, you know, I could have I been yeah. paralyzed from the neck down I could have been severely brain damaged Absolutely um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was pretty good at, and I think that's really helped me in my rehab they tell me that and I can feel that like I never approach having to do rehab like it's a slog or it's you know work even you know I'm like mm-hmm. all right this is like the good this is fun for a someone who has lost the use of their legs like yeah being able to exercise them in certain ways and do certain things uh I have come to enjoy it you know and it's uh it's a good feeling, you know. It's I learned a lot about myself and uh, just a lot about other people and the resilience of human f- physiognomy, right? Or f- sure. Physicality. It's uh, it's really something, Chris. I'll tell you. I don't recommend that you try it.
1: <laughs> Not but this method. No.
0: If you can, if you can <laughs> come to the realization some other way, that would be fine too.
1: No, uh, you're you're a testament to. The strength of the will and the strength of the body—we're we're made of stronger stuff than I think we give ourselves credit for, yeah. uh, far too often. And uh, when you get to the to the brink, and you're able to pull through, and I mean, everything is headed in the right path, and uh, and you learn something. So I mean, you're 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 ultimately going to be better off, and, and you know, not not better oh, off a hundred percent, but in a way, and. Uh, <laughs> It's a real testament to to the to the strength of uh, of the the body, mind, and soul. I guess.
0: Uh, yeah. Despite what has happened, which we will reveal in a minute, yes. I'm not, we're not trying to keep it too secret here. But <laughs> uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. It really, it really put me on a more positive, uh, just kind of like more a path where I want to in- engage with the world more. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, do better for myself and just be kind of like a benefit to the people around me and, and the community. Sure. Um, I mean, really, the the people that reached out to me, it was so unbelievably touching. Uh, I had a guy I hadn't seen in over 10 years come visit. He was in the neighborhood, but he like came by. Sure. Uh, just really blown away. Uh, you know, got some gifts. So, one of the funnier things, just to keep it a little bit comic related, <laughs> are that I got some comics from people that, you know, are comics fans themselves, and they were interesting. I got an old Lois Lane and mm-hmm. some other ones. But the, the funnier ones were when people knew I like, com- know I like comics, so they went to the comic shop and they bought some <laughs> comics for me. Uh, one, of the, one of the better ones I got re- more recently uh, was Jimmy, the first Jimmy Olsen, the one that Matt Fraction's writing. Okay. I, I got the regular and the variant edition because the person buying it didn't oh, it realize, didn't know what the variant edition was. And I was like, I don't blame you. This is what they count on. Yep. You know, that's like the, half the reason they do it, you know, <laughs> to trick somebody to buy the same thing twice. Uh, someone else bought me this uh, comic about a bunch of humanoid cats in a space army called Ginger. And they were like, "Well, we know you like cats. We know you like comics." And I was like, "Ah, hey, you know, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad choice when you think <laughs> about that." Uh, but it really, it really was. And it, it was very touching every time. But it's it really funny when people that don't know about comics yeah. try to try to help you out there. You know, try to give you something, and you're like, "Well." I didn't really want this uh, Archie digest, but thank you very much. That's very nice
1: yeah. of you. You get the uh, the Marvel superhero super squad pop up books. There you go. The kids are like,
0: yeah, like oh, all right. Well, this this will take up you know a couple of minutes. That's fine. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was cool, and uh, you know the visits were great. But you know, not to laugh it up too much. The the rehab at times was a very lonely existence. I'm sure, Uh, especially in the early morning and late evening. When I was for a while, I was totally trapped, confined to the bed. Uh, Not, I wasn't handcuffed. I was just couldn't leave. There's nothing I could do. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I don't know. You knew this that uh, the first, for the first bunch of weeks, the way I got in and out of bed was through a horley. Yeah, remember this? I told you, which is that because you had the
1: sternum restriction.
0: Exactly. So I couldn't, yeah. I, I had these restrictions where I couldn't move my arms a certain way or uh, lift certain weight, uh, of basically anything above five pounds, because my sternum had been threaded together with wires and they wanted to make sure it fused before I stretched it out. Put right? any kind of mean. energy. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> they, um, I couldn't get out of bed without being stuffed into a sack and being moved along a track on the ceiling and it was uh, humiliating and annoying you know what I mean I had to get sure. these people I had to get two people every time to help me do it and uh, I just had no autonomy and uh, that was really when it could get a little bit stark you know I could get a little, sure. bit, a little bit like lonely waiting around to, for something to happen watching a really crummy TV or reading a really <laughs> crappy comic book yeah. uh,
1: but eventually that went away Chris It did. You got your restrictions lifted. Yeah. And uh, you were able to be more active. And I I could only imagine that that was probably like literally having a weight taken off of you.
0: It really was. Uh, Yeah. The way it worked out was that it was only the last three weeks in rehab I would have these restrictions lifted. In fact, really only two weeks because they still Mm -hmm. had like partial restrictions on the first week. Sure. But uh, in those three weeks, I went from riding in a horly sack across the ceiling to getting in and out of bed uh, into my own wheelchair they had me in a motorized wheelchair I transitioned to a manual uh, I started walking with a walker I started standing on my own power and staying stand without holding anything uh, all the stuff that I use now it, and it's amazing to me how rapidly and they had been setting me up for it over time Mm -hmm. uh, doing lighter exercises on my upper and lower body. But, um, yeah, it, it, in three weeks I went from, I can't get out of bed without two people stuff me in a sack to, Mm. I'm going to hop out of bed and go into the shower kind of situation, you know? And, uh, it's, it's really, this place, they claim to be the second best rehab facility in America. I'm not sure who rates these kind of things, Chris, <laughs> uh, but they definitely did a great job and knew what they were doing. Uh, I, only, I only wish I could have stayed maybe a few more weeks. Maybe I would have even done better, all the, except as you know, in America... When your insurance runs out, you are cured. You graduated exactly. You're fine now, so that's what happened. Uh, I am going outpatient, so there is more progress expected. But even as it is now, uh, I'm home in you know in a new apartment, but in, in an apartment, and I could. My wife is here to help me, and she is a tremendous help, as you might imagine, constantly. Mm-hmm but I could live here alone if I had to. Uh that's why yeah. it's which is a, incredible to me, you know. I don't even know if I could have lived alone before this happened, you know. I'm <laughs> 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 uh no, but really I I could really do everything, shower, laundry, whatever it is, you know. It it just takes a much longer time.
1: That's all you sure. have to
0: learn is is really the main thing you learn in uh in rehab, or that I learned was patience. You,
1: you need to give yourself more time. Yeah. I need
0: to, you know, and give, and also give myself a break sometimes if things don't work out immediately sure. the way I want sure. them to. Like, don't start freaking yeah, out. don't, don't throw the baby
1: away with the with the bathwater.
0: Exactly. Water, Relax. Take a take a seat and hit it again from another angle. You know, you'll, you'll, yep. you'll be surprised. So, uh, the
1: whole thing is just so amazing, though. I mean, uh, all the steps along the way where it things got to the point where it was very very stark as you said uh even even before you were you know back among us yeah and, and to see where you are now it's uh i mean it's it makes your heart you know grow it's just so amazing that uh that you and i are actually sitting here having this conversation right that's now that's right and uh because i god I, I i imagined this in my head i fantasized about this yeah. right here and uh I wasn't sure it was ever going to happen, and uh, that was really, really hard. And uh, it's so—it's so weird how, you know, you you get interwoven in people's lives in certain ways, and then it kind of ripples out to your interests and your hobbies and just what you do. It's like I, I couldn't—I couldn't read comics wow. <laughs> after for a while because it was like, no, that's what we do. So yeah. I can't do it. It, it was—it's just, just so crazy how. How that, how interwoven everything is, and just the the yeah you know, the profound steps here that get us to where we are now, and it's it's just uh it's like I'm beside myself. I just I can't even believe it in a way that uh, that we're here now.
0: Yeah, we made it. We made it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I was the same way. I, one of the things I was like lamenting was that I, it could have been. Uh, a total plug pulled on Cosmic Treadmill, you know, like we wouldn't have even had a explanation episode, I mean, I don't, maybe you would have worked something out, but that would have mm-hmm. been essentially the conclusion of something we've kept up for several years. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to mention the Patreon, the extras, all those other shows and all the other stuff we had been doing and talked about doing, it it could have just been yanked out like a light, you know, and that that's the way things are and the way people are, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's important. I think that we remember that that is a possibility. That you know, you can be chit chatting with someone one day, and the next day they are gone
1: forever. Yeah, it is. The finality of things is, I don't think it's something I ever paid mind to. Uh, Yeah. I've always, uh, like, from the minute we, like, bought a dog, I was afraid of the day he was going to die. You know, I'm very fatalistic in that way, (laughs) but I don't actually, like, stop and consider that these are things that can happen and things that unfortunately do happen. I, I actually was reached out to by a podcaster, a comics podcaster, who had lost his co host or had lost his, you know, his good friend. Oh wow. And uh and had to had to make decisions on what to do next. And when when it came down to it, I I was just, you know, I was I was okay just stopping. You know, I didn't want to continue um, your wife had asked me to, to spread it around, to tell people, fill people in. So I did record something, right. and uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to record. I hope you haven't heard it, because I, I, I don't heard, even know if it's oh, so...
0: I've <laughs> heard it, i heard it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a very tough one to record, and, uh, and and that's when the outpouring just started, and it was great. People were just so receptive, and oh, yeah. uh, you could tell that, uh, that people do care, and that this you know this silly thing that we do actually means something to people and the people behind the silly thing we do mean something to people and uh to actually see that was uh, very touching and uh it made me feel like despite everything that was going on that there was hope and there was so much positive energy not to sound like someone who talks about positive energy but there was sure, a lot sure. of positive energy <laughs>
0: there was no it it all helped it all really did help it does. you know yeah. uh I was I was totally blown away by the people that came out and still continue even now to sure. ask me how sure. I'm doing and they want updates on what's going on. Uh, foolishly I put things on Facebook but nowhere else. But to be honest, I had trouble manipulating my phone like the first couple of yes. months. To be honest with you, uh, one of the one of the weird lasting effects of this whole thing is that the tip of my index finger got yes. necrotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, although now it seems to be healing back to almost, we're going to say 80%, um, nice. which is uh, kind of crazy in its own way. But for that, I also had trouble. I had neural issues early on. One one last funny thing, Chris, was that the first week that I was at Spaulding, uh, everything I was tasting tasted bad, sort of like raw potatoes. Okay. Uh, and what it turns out to have been is that I had a neurological thing that had to kind of like just settle itself or something like that. Oh. You know what I mean? I did. Mm -hmm. I I had some neurological problem that was affecting my sense of taste. How about Uh, that? But as a result, everything they served me, I thought was the most disgusting food. (laughs) And I told the nutritionist, like at the end of the first week, I was like, "How can you serve this? This is disgusting. (laughs) Uh, You know, your patients are like wasting away." I mean, I really, I didn't really like lay into her. Like bad, you know, bad language hmm. or anything. But I was really got kind of annoyed. Like this is really subs. This is what you feed us, yeah. And she like, "I'm very sorry you feel that way. We, you know, we do the best we can." We, she just told me other options I could have. A few days later, my taste buds came back to normal, and I had to really apologize to her profusely. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, your food is perfectly fine. You know, it's it's even better than you would expect from most hospitals. It's It's uh, a
1: good thing it didn't go the other way. Yeah, like, she I She could
0: have just said, well, wait until your taste of, your sense of taste comes back. Exactly. You think it's bad now? <laughs> you think now? this is bad. <laughs> God, wait until you get the actual raw potatoes that we serve. Uh, you know, the raw uh, potato <laughs> slices on the side. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the the end of it is that uh, my right leg came back to 100% uh, over nice. a short amount of time. My left leg is back to, I don't know, I would say 20 to 30%. Uh, but it has movement and, as I said, I can stand on it. I can do a good amount of walking on it. Uh, I walked up and down stairs for the first time last week. Um, so, you know, I'm going to get my... My life back, but I may walk with some sort of a cane or some kind of a support. Uh, it's hard to say exactly what my exact future holds, but I'm going to have the mobility that I want. I think to you know stroll around and uh, nice. get in and out of cars, go to people's homes, go to you know travel, which is something my wife and I like to do a lot. Yep. So uh, I'd say in the end, it has a, a story, even though it's ongoing. Uh, it sort of has a happy ending because I think we can put a coda on it there. Uh, mm-hmm. For most people, you know, I'm still going through outpatient rehab, and uh, yeah, the story I, still continues it's, for you. It's yeah. Exactly. But it, but in terms of whether my my life is being threatened or uh, you know anything else, <laughs> uh, very. Bad like that? No, it, I'm, I'm going to be okay for the foreseeable future, and yep. uh, I'm going to be getting better over time. Sure. So, and we will be doing podcasts again. Uh, just, there we are. Just this week, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm not. Sure, this comes out Wednesday, so yeah. This Sunday, you'll get a new episode of Cosmic Treadmill. Uh,
1: I don't know about our all of our other shows. Um. Well, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take, take it, it week by week, week day by, by day. Week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh. Uh, no, no promises yet, but uh, but there is movement. You know, things yeah. are things are popping. It's just uh, we we don't we. This is a new dynamic. You know, so we <laughs> we don't know uh, exactly what's going to be what, but uh, there there will be stuff. That that much we can tell you
0: for sure. There will be. And I, I miss doing the podcast with you, uh, especially hmm. Chris. It was we always have so many plans of things we want to do, even though it's a lot of times a scramble. Yep. At the end to get it done, uh we always have all so many, you know, going on probably for years worth of things that we want to do, not just in classic oh, treadmill, but in other topics and you know, uh I know that we've talked about doing god weird comics history now for probably over a year itself. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've we've got know, a lot so. of a lot of I, I was gonna say a lot of fires in the iron, but it's the other way it's around. It's the other the way, way around. The iron's,
0: the, around the, fire, the, yeah. the irons are on fire. That's the
1: important <laughs> they, thing. they are lit. Uh, but no there I, I there's a lot of stuff that uh there's a lot of stuff that i want to i want us to do that i haven't even broached yet so i mean there's a there there's a lot of a lot of ideas a lot of percolating going on so yeah uh, we'll uh we'll, we'll definitely play it by year play it by day play it by week and uh hopefully uh, the folks will dig what we've got coming and uh, the, the 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 listeners have just been fantastic um just for sticking with us uh because after my that first update, I, I gave uh, the you know the channel went dark for until I found out you were going to rehab. Right. You know I, I didn't want to because first of all I mean I'm I'm not family and uh, I don't know what is you know what is family information and what is for the public information. Right. I, I don't want to tell anybody anything that they don't need to know. Sure. Um and I also I don't want it, it feels icky to do uh, too many uh, updates. It yeah. feels like I'm capitalizing like our channel is capitalizing off of this uh, this traumatic thing that happened, and uh, I didn't want to deliver anything except for the most concrete and positive news, sure. so I waited until I got some <laughs> and that's uh that's when I was able to to share that you know things were going in the right direction, but the the folks stuck with us, the folks were receptive um, and uh, have just that they had, they haven't gone away, and uh, no, that means that means the world. Yeah, that uh, that they that they trust in us to deliver eventually. That they that they're willing to stick by us, and that's a uh, that's another one of the one of my takeaways from this uh, from this event.
0: Yeah, you know the people online, they can, as you said in the beginning. They just seem like, you know, names on a screen, but there's yep, always... name and
1: an avatar, yeah.
0: There's a person behind each one of those things, or sometimes yep. multiple people. So, you know, <laughs> but, uh, some, sometimes many different uh, screen names have yep. different, you know, many, the same people behind the same them. But person, whatever it is, yep. uh, you know, those are people, it, especially in the comics community, those are people behind them making their posts every day. Yep. uh just being a lot of them just genuinely enthusiastic about comics is really nothing more to be said about it. you know what I mean like uh-huh. they just love the the dang medium and they go on about it and uh <laughs> really appreciate all of you guys for uh you know just the wonderful things that you've said and the concern that you've you've had uh I mean you know at a certain point, I did give out the information of where I was. Mm-hmm. And hospital-wise, and I started to get some mail there. Even you know that people had gone out of their way to try to figure it out. You send know what I mean? Things, yeah. yeah, to send things. I was just like, wow, this is really a good bunch of folks. You know that that are mm-hmm. that are uh, very supportive. So I, w- I hope to repay that very soon. Uh, I know Chris has been doing episodes every week for mm-hmm. gosh six weeks now. a uh, uh, couple months. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um we're going to be trading back and forth I think though. This this will sort of be the first Reggie episode on a Wednesday yeah. and then it will start going back and forth uh from there. But uh yeah, Cosmic Treadmill is going to come back this Sunday. Uh whatever day that is, 9/3, <laughs> right? Something
1: like that. Oh, uh, the, the what is it? The 8th? 9th? One of those.
0: It's the uh yeah, we don't know. We can't we can't figure <laughs> it's out. It's the how uh, the calendar. second the
1: second Sunday in September. <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh it's the eighth there you go yeah so that's what it that's what it's coming and uh thanks to everybody uh yes. and you know believe in the power of healing because mm, it positivity it, it's true <laughs> you can heal from anything uh but i think that's all we got from now I Chris, think so. right and uh yeah. unless you do you have anything to wrap up with
1: no i think uh just uh <sighs> I'm so thankful that uh, that things went the way they did, and uh, uh, just this opportunity to talk to you right now—it means—it means more than anybody could know. So this is just really awesome, and uh, really excited to uh, to see just what we've got uh, coming. So it's going to be a, a good time.
0: Well, thank you very much, Chris, and I thank you for moderating this discussion that I couldn't quite <laughs> get out myself. Uh, hmm. if, any, if anyone else has other questions, I can't guarantee I'm going to answer every question, but hmm. uh, you know you can hit us up at uh, Weird Comics History at gmail, or you can hit me up, uh, Reggie Reggie on Twitter and wherever else you know that I'm hanging out. I don't know if Chris wants you to hit him up.
1: Nah, no, I'm I'm always around. All
0: right, you know where we at are, At Ace folks. Comics. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> at Ace Comics on Twitter, and you know we're all over that social media, so. If you need to find us, you will. But if not, we will talk to you next time. She already got a gap, but she won't let it out. Oh, tough luck, because it makes Jack out. Waiting on the winds, he moves to the next. Searching for the cheese, looking for the text. In the big blue, in search of the skins. Grinning and laughing, laughing and grinning. Padlock Jody got the whole scene played. No knocking boots until she's 14K. Diamond in the back, sunroof top. Waiting for the kettle, she can going shop. Jack plays the back, just knocking other the socks. Because now in the hood, he's...